episode 248 also x-men 248 the first jim lee issue ah. uh, we got uh, super producer marcus park hey mike jake young how you doing good good uh we're recording this in advance i will hopefully have seen ninja turtles by now <laughs> i can i just tell you how weird i feel about this because i'm getting more cynical about some of these movies and getting burned down and shit but god damn it, I will pay fifteen dollars just to see Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang on screen. I don't think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be that fun. I like to imagine your ideal version of the movie of just all three of them, like rendered in full, beautiful CGI, like four K HD quality, yeah. but they're literally just standing around on screen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cause seven year old me when he went into that fucking theater to see the first one and all he got was fucking Danny and a bald Japanese guy. He was pissed. <laughs> so he needs Needs it. Uh, <laughs> I hear Vanilla Ice is going to play Rocksteady. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Rocksteady is WWE star Seamus. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh and God. Bebop is Gary Anthony Williams, uh, who was a smart brother in the movie Undercover Brother. I love that guy. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> who's, playing, who's playing Krang? Uh, Fred Armisen. Really? Yeah. Huh. He can be any ethnicity. <laughs> Including brain matter. Dimension X. <laughs> he always just it sounded like like a like a drunk drag queen crying. Oh you it's like like a like an evil or Mrs. Garrett. Oh you <laughs> girls <laughs> That's my favorite. It would just like whatever he ended on it would just be <laughs> I mean that's that is like a bold creative choice for a voice actor to be like, I'm sorry, what is this character? Yeah. Uh it's a it's a brain with a mouth. And two little arms. Well, I, I've realized like the way that I balance my geekdom now is like I can't be geeky and nerdy about all the shit because it's too much. So I just pick and choose things, and I'm like, this is what I want. I get it. I'm good. You know, <laughs> it is because like people will ask me. You know, like I know that we had the big Captain America reveal that he's an agent of Hydra, Hail and then Hydra, and then we had like DC Rebirth and all of that, and Hail you know Doctor Manhattan. I I am so selective about what I care about because I honestly don't believe that the people making the stuff care about it that much. Yeah. And so it's hard to care myself. Like Also, you've talked to actual people who make these comics, and you know no one's actually sitting in a boardroom thinking to themselves, how? How do I fuck over this character? Like, no, they're trying to do something new and interesting. But then they're told it. by the editors, this will sell. Like, yeah. The fact that, like, to me, I don't care if Captain America's in Hydra now. It's a story, like, many stories that they've told, you know. He, he quit being Captain America and took on the U.S. agent and you know, he was a werewolf, you know, like Captain America, like all characters go through a different phase. I'm more upset that this is like the fifth or sixth issue number one of Captain America. <laughs> and that four of those have been in the last 10 years. That that bothers me. I don't the stories are, you know, stories come and go. But yeah. I mean, uh, do you see the thing where they asked Stan Lee about it? Yeah, but that like. That was great. He was like, ah, it sounds like a great story. They'll move a lot of issues. Yeah. Like, that was it. That's of course. It's weird that he would pander for the company that gives him a million dollars a year for that specific purpose. <laughs> well, that's like, you know, 
I know we we haven't talked about the, the female Ghostbusters that much, or not as much as other geek based podcasts. I I think we're all on the same page of okay, yeah. and and like I you know I got more important shit to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the core philosophical difference that really uh, the movie is like the more they show like. I, I have hopes. I have hopes, but it's looking more like you know uh, it's not. It's going to be underwhelming, and it's just going to be yet another underwhelming remake. But like the people that think, hey, what if we recast it with all female comedians? The difference between yeah, it sounds like a fun twist versus like stunt casting. Like that's the notice that my the, the side I agreed well, with spoken in normal voice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you like. You know, the fucking behavior towards this movie has made me more ashamed to be a nerd than I think anything in a long time. I think ever. Like, some of the shit that people have said, like, the whole thing where, like, there was that guy, the angry video game nerd, and, um, you know, he said that he's not going to see the movie. And, all, and it's fine if you're not going to see the movie. That's also why I did to make a statement about it. Just don't see the movie. But he's not going to see the movie, and he's not going to review the movie. And then, you know, Patton Oswalt, like, went after him. And Pat Oswalt, who has recently lost his wife, uh, you know, if you go after someone who calls himself the angry video game nerd, those fans are going to show no tact or decency towards you. So, of course, they made fun of his wife, which is fucking disgusting. It's terrible. And and the thing about those types of guys is they always think they're the first person to do something. It's not even like, let's all do this together. Let's all do it individually and act like we're the only ones doing it. And that bothers me so much more. It's. I think it was just a big Emperor's New Clothes situation where, like, the movie didn't look that good, so they could fun- so they could just dump on it and just yeah. get all of their frustrations and all their, their uh, whatever their qualms are about the way society is going or forming, they could just let it out on this movie. And to defend it is to be like, oh, so you like bad movies? Like... It's just kind of it's it can well it's, it's nobody wins if we look at this in the, in terms of like you know Marvel Civil War and I have to pick sides and one of them is the professional comedian that I love the most that made me want to get into comedy who I think is also an amazing human being and has continued to provide amazing hilarious you know content and also was the voice in one of the best Pixar movies versus a guy who calls himself the angry video oh, game nerd here's, here's- who literally his sense of humor is just taking an animal and then. A, a, and then a fucking body part or a bodily function. This is rodent farts, you know. Ah. No, but here's the thing: this is the sad part for an entire. This movie ge- smells like pig feces. Like it's not tough for me to choose for an entire generation of people that grew up uh, getting comedy over the internet. Instead oh, this of is their Panazwa. This is their Panazwa. Oh. It's like I remember when he first called uh, fucking uh, Castlevania Two a giant pile of stinking diarrhea, di- uh, donkey diarrhea. <laughs> I fuck. I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's literally all the and, and the and the thing is, it's like when the one side, you know, guy that I love who's amazing and awesome is like Give it a chance, and the other guy's like, meh, 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 meh. I'm no, like, well, that's not. He tough. wasn't meh, meh, meh. He was like, I say the nay. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like this principled stance. He was the solemn video game nerd for I, for when you you plant your feet like the tree of truth and say, no, universe, you stop casting female comedians in major motion pictures. No, and I, and I watched I watched the guy's video, and you know that's the thing. It's like. 
he is not nearly as much a nutbag as his fans are. Correct. But I think he's the kind of guy who's like happy his fans are nutbags, and I think that's 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 pretty bad. No, he's a guy that refers to his uh, fans as his minions in his head. Yeah, <laughs> they'll do my bidding. It's just like the thing is, you know, you know, what was amazing when we went to the theater on um, the CX Men Apocalypse, and we watched. You know, one of the trailers was the Ghostbuster trailer. And you realize, and and God damn it, we've done 248 episodes of this show, and I've never said this. It's just a movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just a fucking film. It's just people that are trying to create something, and it may be good, and it may be bad. And, and, and look, I don't think the marketing's been the best. I think that they tried to pander to the audience that was never going to go for it in the first place. But... They're trying, and, and it'll be okay, but, but the reason I brought up in the first place is that Ackroyd came out and was like, it's great. Oh, yeah. And I will say, whenever the, the past people come out and they're like, this is wonderful, it's like, I don't think that's the best strategy either, because it's like- I'm definitely not going to make paid. millions of dollars off the merchandising rights if this is a success. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's actually kind of funny that like if the movie does turn out bad, then- all the people complaining definitely didn't want like the old cast back for a sequel because clearly they have no judgment and they're shills. But it is, you know what? The thing with this movie, it has come to a philosophical point where like, if it does fail, mm. that's going to be genuinely sad because one, I don't think these types of people should ever win anything <laughs> and, and that they'll think that it was all them. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you're going to get less women in things. I, that's the thing is, I mean, I don't know. Is that, I mean, but I mean, hasn't most, haven't uh, Melissa McCarthy's movies done really well at the box office? Uh, the, but I'm saying in like action comedy, action like comedy, sci-fi yeah. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll, they'll just put her in more, this is Melissa McCarthy shit and this is all she can do. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that she's one note. Here she is doing something different. And I and I think Melissa McCarthy is great. Like, and I, I think she's a genuinely amazing actress. Like in St. Vincent, she's fucking awesome. It's, I mean, this is, oh man, we're getting into the tumbleweeds here. But like, when you think of like, Okay, so the Avengers movies, yeah, it's a lot of white dudes just talking about white dude stuff and like punching each other and being cool, and they're really well made. And, and then they- looking over their shoulder to see if War Machine's there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Fast and the Furious movies is one of the most diverse casts in Hollywood history, and they're also making tons of money. But like, people that identify as Avengers fans, do they identify as Fast and the Furious fans? We get into all these weird. We're, fuck, we're in the thick of it. Uh, I agree that. This movie is going to fail the same way that, like, Spy failed. and uh, Or did Spy fail or not? I can't remember. I think it made its it money It did back. well. I it think did. it did well. Uh, it's on the on the, just the strength of its marketing and, like, just, yeah. Um, it's going to make a lot of money. It's. I mean, people are, like, worried that it might fail. This movie is going to make a shit ton of money. It might. I mean, it might suffer from the Batman, Superman, like, first weekend drop off but that's only if the reviews are really bad true you know if the reviews aren't really bad then people are going to keep going to see it because one the curiosity that they have stoked for this is insane (laughs) it's like everyone because i think everyone has that on their minds like is it good or is it bad and playing even further on the internet everyone's going to want to have an opinion about this movie very and if everyone wants to have an opinion about this movie then everyone's going to go see it and it's going to make a shitload of money well i've said before you know one of the problems with the internet and these movies is that when you first see a trailer in a theater 
you're surrounded by other people who are either going to laugh or not, and, and, and that's not controlled, and they're just letting it be what it is. But now that everyone gets to first watch these things in the comfort of their home. Where On it's a more, tiny laptop window. Yeah, where it's more important to maintain their personas than to just, you know, see it for, for what it is or isn't. You know, that's that's scary. And, and, and I think, like, the biggest thing to me is that as, as a nerd, like, I think it's great that we get all these different things now. But I also, there is something scary about, like... Like, maybe sometimes we shouldn't get to win. And, you know, like, when we, we talk about, like, DC Rebirth and, like, you know, and I'm sure you'll have an opinion on this, Marcus. You know, so they bring in, you know, at the end of DC Rebirth, Batman finds the comedian's button, you know, and Let's all of that. Now. And it, it is that thing of, like, do should we have this? Like, even if it's a thing that people have wanted for years, but Batman's going to fight Rorschach and it's going to be cool. It's like... You did get a perfectly told story from beginning to middle to end and, and, you know, with those characters and the author wrote it and he was done and that's it. Do we need this? Like, should we have it? I mean, people always want more of the same. I mean, that, that's something that we know, especially in fandom, especially in nerddom. People always want more of the same with a tiny little twist where it's still yeah. familiar, uh, but not a different interpretation at all. They still want the ex- exact same thing. Like, yeah. I remember, like, uh, when my parents hugged me on my third birthday, I was like, eh, what else have you got? You're kind of going through the motions here, Pops. <laughs> yeah. And um, the other thing about that is, that, yeah, people want the exact same thing, but oh, never mind, never mind. What? Well, oh, it's like, wait, look at, wait. Like, okay, so look at like Preacher, right? And let's say that this Preacher show, you know, does like massive, right? Like Walking Dead numbers even more, like you know. And then Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon are like, "We're gonna bring it back." Like, I mean, you're gonna read that regardless, right? I'm gonna read it. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I might not because I didn't read any of the new Sandman stuff. I didn't care. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm kind of done with that char- with those characters in that incarnation. You know, it's like the new preacher show. I'm actually really excited about it. Like, the, I definitely have. The more I think about it, you've the already more, watched the first two. I, uh, the second one didn't come out yesterday. They uh, took a week off from them. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, but yeah, I watched the first one twice. Uh, and I loved it the first time that I watched it. The the tone is on point. They nailed Arseface perfect. Like they could not. <laughs> that's that's not, an achievement. Not not yeah. just not just in looks, but in personality. And like when you're going between like aw and laughing your ass off at how ridiculous he is. Yeah. Like they nailed that. They nailed the heart of the show. But kind of the more but the more <laughs> the arse of the show. The arse of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the more I kind of think about it, the more problems I have with the interpretations of it. Uh, mostly Tulip. Um, she's awful. You're saying the women is the part they couldn't get right? <laughs> See, the, these fuckers are winning. It's the part they didn't even try to get right. Uh, and it's that like that sort of thing. Like, because Tulip and Jesse are the heart of the heart of the show, yeah. you know, of the entire story. And without that, there's no real point to the whole thing. Uh, and with what they've done there is that, yeah, they've completely and totally ruined this character by trying to give the fans what they want. And that's what they think. They think that, okay, we need a badass action girl. And we need, because they turn into a super violent manic pixie dream girl. Uh, and they decided like, okay, well, we need to give these fans some boners. So <laughs> let's, put this, let's put this hot girl in here and let's make her crazy because crazy is 
Ha! Remember when uh, Tulip in the comic did that cool flippy move and then crushed a dude's face in between her thighs and did the neck snappy <laughs> thing and then landed with one hand on the ground? Yeah, that was super cool. And that time <laughs> that she taught the two 10-year-olds how to build a bazooka instead of getting them out of a potential war zone uh, because she wanted to impress a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that was not sociopathic at all. Do you think, do you, you know, like, do you think a part of it is that when you write a comic book, when Garth Ennis is selling this story and he's only got to reach couple hundred thousand people right he's just to give it as a story and it'll reach who it reaches obviously you know comic books and like vertical books more men are likely to read them but women also will as well but when you make a tv show or a movie you're explicitly thinking of demographics and advertise we want the men we need 18 to 24 like that's our fucking guys and so then they fucking take this female character who had all this hardened depth and then they fucking shrink her down into this dumb fuck thing well, to so appeal cynic- to those. It's so cynical. Like, it, it totally it, is. It's extremely cynical, and I don't think it gives people enough credit. Where they don't, people don't have to have that. Like she is such a court. Like she is such an AMC creation. Like you can tell that they went. You know, they went to AMC with this story, and I guarantee you the first draft of the story did not have Tulip as uh, the badass crazy girl. But AMC came back and was like, you know what? I think you need something with a little bit of spice. (laughs) Something with a little bit of pizzazz here because we're not going to be able to sell this amazing show about a guy with the word of God that can kick ass anytime and a wisecracking Irish vampire, a kid with an asshole on his face. We're not going to be able to sell that without a hot chick to keep everybody's boners going. It's like, give us some credit. There's so much porn on the internet. I can get a boner anytime I want. I don't need to watch TV to do this. This isn't 1984. You know, like I don't need to tape it on VHS and then pause it on a point where her legs are open a little bit further than they were before. I can already get a boner. Yeah, I don't need your fucking booth babes that don't know anything about the comic books they're standing next to. <laughs> I can get my boner. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's fine. You don't need to do that. It's just it's give it's them very fucking cynical. character. Did, 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 yeah, but I also don't think that uh, uh, Seth Rogen can write women either. Uh, <laughs> did you did you end up seeing Deadpool? I I still haven't seen it yet. I, I tried downloading it on a plane and it did not work out for because me because they they realized oh, the Wi-Fi on planes are terrible. You got to download it first, then watch it on the. No, planes. I did. It's a whole thing. I, I did. I don't want to get into we'll it. We'll get it on the so, side podcast. Patreon supporters get uh, nerd of mouth bonus episodes. Marcus's technical problems. <laughs> he can get a boner, but not in the sky. Uh, <laughs> no, but but the but the thing is, like when you look at when you look at Deadpool and and Vanessa, it's like all right, they cast a hot chick. They let her be hot. You you see some you know boobs. And <laughs> I can't say it like not a 13 year old boy discovering them for the first time, but you, you, you know, you see them, but they also give her a fucking character and agency and she gets to do shit. It's the perfect compromise. They're like, all right, we'll cast this person that you'll like. And I think she was on Firefly. So then the nerds are like, Ooh, mine. And then, and then it's that thing of like, well, now that they're happy we can do what we want with it and I it's mean, a good balance hot is 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 fine it's tv everyone's going to be hot 
That's just that's just how it goes, yeah, unless I'm, it's a mousy. Uh, yeah, Ugly it, Betty was fuckable. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd yeah. Fuck yeah. An ugly yeah. Except for the only, I mean, except in Preacher, the only other female character was a mousy, the, the mousy lady who works at the church with Jesse, that's pining over him yeah. and knows that she can be so much better for him. It's yeah, just but a, in TV and movies, like even the ugly people are the hottest version of those ugly people. Like yeah, yeah. Edie McClurg is still like super fuckable for like a high school secretary. You know the the fucking woman in uh, Ferris Bueller. Uh, oh yeah, 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 I guess that so. is a yeah. that is a ten Midwest secretary. <laughs> 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 I'd, I'd fuck the fuck out of Edie McClurk. Yeah. I'd McClog, I'd McClog McClurk. I and we have an episode title. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the question, though, is that are they actually giving fans what they want, what they think the fans want, or are they just doing something because they don't have any better idea? You know, like what you're talking about something with like Rorschach and, and Batman coming together. Like yeah. that just to me, that just sounds like they're out of ideas, you know, and making Tulip into this badass action hero character. Yeah. It's because they didn't want to put in the effort to uh, write a, a strong well-rounded three-dimensional woman character because they couldn't be bothered you know and i've read interviews with with seth rogan and this other guy and it seems like a lot of times they're just like yeah this is a story we wanted to tell because we couldn't be bothered to figure out another way to do it you know and it doesn't seem like they're gonna i, I don't know it's just a lot of times it is laziness and it's a laziness and it's a cynical nature because and like, it's fear it's fear yeah yeah it's like now, yeah we'll give it the to pilot is the first episode always the pilot is there room for a adjustment uh i mean the, that's the thing i mean they were so satisfied with themselves after the pilot then they went straight on with it i mean after you make the pilot of course you the pilot is just so the show gets picked up right. and then further uh writing and you know shooting and stuff like that happens and of the course thing, they like, can change it like you know for example uh what's his name uh from breaking bad like he was gonna kill jesse in the first right. season but loved you know the character yeah. so much that he kept him on so there's definitely room there's room for development in that character they can possibly do something with her but even from like the next ons that i've seen from like the second episode it seems like they're going full on ahead with uh, selfish spoiled brat because that's what they know how to write well you look at like game of thrones right and when that started like i honestly i think a lot of the the nudity was gratuitous like i mean it, it literally was it, oh, yeah it was you it, could it, time it, it out if someone had to go into a deep conversation about their motivations yeah. or character history they're just spanking a whore's ass yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and and to me like they do it way less now and the last few smidges of nudity that we've seen are contextual like yeah. when you know Daenerys walks out of the fucking burning building and she has no clothes that makes sense because the fire would just burn her clothes mm -hmm. or when Cersei walks through shame and like they actually use nudity as a negative like an embarrassing mm -hmm. thing and at least that's different because like now we're so thick into the story of that show and we only have one or two seasons left I don't need two minutes of just watching people fuck if it has nothing to do with the story that you need all the time in the world to tell yeah uh oh god i don't want to because i can get a bone yeah yeah, yeah i can get boner anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is uh, i just want to say this because i don't know does this make me like too much of a of a smirk for comics that like i kind of actually like the idea that jeff john's like big opus like swing for the fences like final hurrah in the dc universe like the big bad, the looming threat, the all-powerful shadow that was cast over everything that's happened over the last 20 years was Watchmen. 
Like, I kind of dig that a little bit. And I don't know, I don't know whether in context of the story that makes sense, but at, like within that meta narrative, I kind of dig it. So what's but, going on with this DC Rebirth thing? I, I'm, I'm in the dark on this. I'm kind of in the dark. <laughs> no, so, you know, the, they realized uh, the pick- new 52 was, was overall not the best. So now they're doing a whole universe-wide reboot again with a bunch of number ones so like dc rebirth aquaman number one and dc rebirth superman number one and all of that and they had this 80 page issue uh last week that um you know wally west returned but as kid flash and they're bringing all, right. yeah, all these yeah, different yeah. things and you another much i love wally west and another thing was that but not the Kid Flash version. You love the adult Wally West. Yeah, Kid Flash sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but oh, like, fuck. but but the thing, but the, the, what they're doing is that. So with with Joker, they did this. I want this to be the last thing that we we talk about. Um, they did the big reveal. So Batman like sat in the Mobius chair and wanted to know who the Joker was, what Joker's real name was, and that's like this big thing that you know DC's been promising. And then what they revealed was that there's actually three Jokers. So there's the like classic 1940s like Jerry Robinson kind of you know Dick Sprangish Joker, then there's 80s Boland Joker, and then there's the newer uh, Greg Capullo Joker. Mm-hmm. And that's rip your own face off and then wear it again. Yeah, Joker. yeah, okay. And that to me like falls somewhere between Maggie Simpson shot Mr. Birds. <laughs> And Cartman's mom is actually Cartman's dad. <laughs> like, it is such, like, a comedy premise like that. <laughs> the baby shot me. No. It's, it's it's up there with hold the door, hold the door, <laughs> hold door, where it's like, okay, like, you can just feel the fucking mechanisms that are, like, the, the screeching machinery. Oh, the <laughs> making it up as we go along. Yeah. Because that's, a, to me, the whole Hodor thing, which, while it was a, a kind of a touching moment. So I, fucking stupid. I and- hate it. I hate it when you watch something and you can tell, like, boy, they didn't plan this one. This is just something well, that they just, like, if, yeah. you can tell when you can we tell. We don't know what to pe- do with this character anymore, and he only has one real mystery. Yeah, well, and, and also it's like he didn't plan from the beginning that that was Hodor's thing. He just one day was eating a fucking egg sandwich and decided, <laughs> and like, was like, oh, hold the door. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, he was laid on a subway, and it was like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, but, but it, it's, that, it's that, that crazy thing, like, and, and nothing epitomizes it more than the Martha a moment in mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman mm-hmm. where it's just that but like it totally takes you out of a story when it's so overthought mm-hmm. yeah you know and the three jokers thing I'm like because it is that thing like I get that you you know if you say the joker's name like and you find out who he is all along it does like cheapen things a little bit part of it is like you know he i i like the idea of him just being a constant lie machine who's like a force of fucking chaos in many ways you know that batman can never truly stop but like this whole there's just three of them doesn't solve anything like like three of them like there there's three at all times or there was like three consecutive jokers like I, are they all like hanging know. out like making plans together or like yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're like, what is what is the whole joke? Like, you got the wrong guy. It wasn't it wasn't me, the Joker. It was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 1980s Joker. It was 1940s Joker. All right. Well, there's 
His one, shenanigans were pre-code. <laughs> oh, I really like that idea. It's like, well, I, I feel like they're working together. How can you tell? Well, this guy has his dick broken off with a piece of glass. This guy had his face melted off with an acid flower. And this guy just slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just robbed the Acme joke shop. <laughs> This guy murdered 30 women to spell out the word Joker. <laughs> You're like, man, comics have really fallen apart. I know. <laughs> well, this guy, uh, well, uh, oof. whoever this guy is, he sure knows how to spell the word ha-ha and feces. <laughs> <laughs> Something the angry video game nerd can do. That's ha-ha feces bad. Nah, I'm a comic. Oh, God. Uh well, I think that's it. We, we we talked about a bunch of stuff that's been yeah. happening. Um, oh, R.I.P. Darwin Cook. We yeah. we haven't said that. Yeah, that's but, sad. Yeah, man. genius. He's one of my favorites. Or yeah, he, man. He did one of my uh, absolute favorite uh, superhero. One, top three favorite superhero uh, stories. New Frontier. Is, yeah. Is there yeah. something almost symbolic in like that that guy to me? Like when you read his stuff, it's just like the pure joy of comics, especially yeah. New Frontier. But even his Catwoman stuff. There's like a, a, a cleanness and a Christmas. And like, did you see like, uh, maybe it was like a year or so ago. He did like 20 something covers of new 52 books. And, and most people look back on the new 52 is like cynical, mean garbage. And a lot of it is some of it's fun. The Snyder mm. stuff's good, but animal man's good. Yeah. yeah but when there's you, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's just, yeah, there's just too much of it. Yeah. But when you look at those covers, like there's such like a, purity to it like mm. when he drew characters like that's how i see that character that's the perfect version uh even if there's three <laughs> you know and and like with dc doing like a whole new like reboot again and then this guy dying it almost feels like this like passing of the old guard mm -hmm. of just like i must my planet needs me <laughs> I bring you love. <laughs> like, he's still got a lot of great stuff out there, though. Go, uh, yeah. His solo issue was amazing. Even, uh, but oh whole, my god, I forgot yeah. about that. The whole solo series. Like, yeah. I think they released an oversized trade of it. That I, if you're a superhero comic, especially a DC superhero comics fan, yeah, pick absolutely. that up. It is so. Because even like you know, like I think like he did like one of the before Watchmen books. I think like the Minutemen, and that's like. He's like, yeah, I was paying for my cancer treatments. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay. Like, this is a cash grab. But, like, but even that, the sadness of, like, that he had to get broken to that point before he passed is, is kind of sad to me. Yeah. Uh, the Parker the Hunter uh, graphic novel series, also amazing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll end on joy. Uh, if, you know, you can go on Comixology, you can go on Amazon, read, read some, read some uh, Darwin Cook. Yeah, some fun shit. If you if you have a Kindle, that Hunter series does really well on a e ink display. It's not like you know very like yeah. tritoned. And yeah, get that get that uh, new frontier. Uh, yes, the movie's good, but the comic. I mean, it's just the art is incredible. Yeah, the, the movie's really fun right? because Darwin Cook is one of the very few artists whose art actually translates to animation. Really, I think well. he was an and animation he worked, guy. He, he worked with like he did storyboards for a lot of like the Superman and Justice League stuff. There you go. So yeah, we're ending on a positive note. <laughs> Even though a guy's dead. Uh, <laughs> Go to Twitter.com, at Best Jake Young. Follow me for all sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> um, at the Mike Lawrence, you know, on tour with uh, Chris Hardwick. You can check the dates at MikeLawrenceComedy.com. We'll have one or two more of those when this airs. And uh, you check out my Comedy Central Snapchat series, You're Wrong, which will be coming out soon. I'll tweet out the exact uh, date. 
Uh, Marcus. Uh, yeah, you can follow me uh, on uh, Twitter at Marcus Parks, on Instagram at Marcus Parks, where I actually post a lot more there than anywhere else. Uh, and yeah, go to cavecomedyradio.com for a whole bunch of other uh, different shows that I do, like five other ones. Just go check Thanks. it out. Thanks, guys. And, and you know, we never ask this if you can rate us on iTunes. It helps, it, you know, visibility and all that. It'd be nice. We have a lot of. You know, really cool reviews. You know, if you can send us nice uh, contacts and tweets, that makes our day. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I bomb and I come home and I read and there's a new review, it makes me really happy. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Like a Darwin Cook cover. <laughs> oh. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>